Get ready to stand on guard for the... Prohibition is over, Saskatchewan. Ask lucky bastard today how you can make Canada's ultimate Caesar, true north and strong. Featuring lucky bastard's premium dill pickle vodka, LB's famous bacon rimmer, and bacon bitters. It's not a Caesar if it's not lucky bastard. Order online or stop by 814 47th Street East. And tonight, why not mix your Caesar with some lucky bastard? Welcome back, everybody, to the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast, a proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network and the official podcast of Left Wing Lock, your number one source for fantasy hockey intelligence. I'm Devin Davidson, your host. With me, as always, Bruce Gunther. Hello. And our friend, Mike McLaughlin from Left Wing Lock. Mike, how you doing? Uh, doing, doing great over here. Uh, glad to be back. Glad to hear it. Uh, okay, so episode 97, NHL Fantasy Preview for Week 15. We've got some exciting news for this episode. Uh, if you haven't been paying attention, we are going to announce the winner of our Hacks Holiday Contest. Uh, so we'll do that at the end of the episode. You're going to have to stick around to find out the results if you did enter. Um, and hopefully you've been paying attention and you've got the answer for our Hack the Code uh, little quiz. If not, maybe we'll still give it to you. I don't know. We'll have to see. <laughs> um. This episode is brought to you by Lucky Bastard Distillers, which opened in 2012 and was inspired from a lottery win. Lucky Bastard Distillers is proud to be the first distillery to operate in Saskatoon since Prohibition. Home of Canada's ultimate Caesar. Mix your drink tonight with Lucky Bastard. Use promo code HockeyHacks to get 15% off your next online order. Shipping available across Canada. Uh, Bruce, the Oilers. Yeah, they're doing pretty good. I was quite surprised, actually. That Vegas yeah. game was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what you amazing to see, for sure. A big game for them, too. Like, they needed that one. Um, oh, they really needed that one. Mike, do you know off the top of your head what their playoff probability is as of this evening? I can get it in three seconds. Probably 53% now instead of 52, but... <laughs> I have them at 65%. Ooh, I like that. That's Getting much better. better. Much better. Well, three straight wins. Um, and then, of course, one against Vegas is a pretty big one. Well, in San Jose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what a game, hey? San Jose, 7-1. Seven, seven, yeah. It's like someone told them to start trying, and they did. So <laughs> this is good. Um, we won't talk too much about the Oilers because I'm, I'm going to jump back into that topic again here shortly. But uh, we're going to do John's list again tonight. Sans John, of course. Um he, he did tell us he wasn't going to be here, so we'll continue without him. Uh, tonight, I've got the NHL officials, and not, I, I don't know. So, Tampa Bay defenseman Mikhail Sergachev, sucker punches Canucks forward Connor Garland. There's no call on the ice, and there was only a subsequent $5,000 fine. Did either of you see the play? No, I didn't see it. I, I did not see the play. Okay. Well, lucky for you, I did embed the tweet in our blog post. So go to fantasyhockeyhacks.com, go to the blog. It'll be in there. Um, yeah, it's just kind of a stupid play from Sergachev and with two officials standing like right there. And, and you'll see in the frame of the video, like the, the referee skates in front of the, the frame right after Sergachev punches him in the face. So I, I don't know. I mean, 
whatever. Uh, not not a great look for the officials, and not a great look for the league either. That he didn't even get a one game suspension for something kind of malicious. So that's where we're going with tonight. And I could also, I mean, maybe as a bonus entry, toss Mikhail Sergachev on the list as well. <laughs> <laughs> Whether or not you like that, Bruce, I'm not sure, but we'll go with it. <laughs> um. All right, let's move on to Fantasy Lock of the Week for January 9th to the 15th, presented by Left Wing Lock. And this one feels like a layup. I'm going with Connor McDavid this week. <laughs> um, the guy's just been incredible. So the Oilers captain is running away with the Art Ross and the Hart Trophy voting. I think he's up to 83 points now, 37 goals at the midway mark of the season. He is attempting to become the first player since Mario Lemieux in 95-96 to lead the league in goals, assists, and total points. Right now, he's on pace for 67 goals and 151 points. Matthews who? (laughs) Seven points, four goals, one game winner, 22 shots on goal, plus one, two power play points, 62% power play share, 17 and a half minutes time on ice uh, in four games played during week 14. So Connor's been incredible. Um, And then as an honorable mention, I put Clem Costin here, Bruce, which I, I thought you'd like. He, he's Absolutely. apparently the answer in Edmonton. <laughs> um, I'm not going to argue with him. He's been doing fantastic. Yeah. Like, I, I liked it. Like, when, when I first saw the trade, I saw Sam Rukov for Kostin. I kind of went, I don't know. Like, they were really touting Sam Rukov as, as this, you know, real great defensive prospect. And yeah, Clem Kostin's looked phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, and too, I think a lot of people, he was the... Uh, he was the first round pick. It was he was the last pick in the first round by the Blues, but he was a first round pick. Yep. So there's definitely talent there if you're going in the first round. And he's yeah. definitely been showing it. He's and, got and just, the opportunity. Just the style of play too, right, Bruce? Like he he's yeah. pretty much what the Oilers needed right now with Kane out of the lineup. Absolutely. They need to find a way to keep Costin in the lineup when Kane comes back. Oh, Costin's not going anywhere. He's and they're and they're if he keeps it up at this rate, they're going to find a way to sign him to at least a, a one-year deal for next year. Oh, absolutely. And then I, I can't go any longer without mentioning our boy, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, the Nuge. <laughs> Eighth in league scoring. He is currently second amongst all Canadian players in the NHL behind only his teammate, Connor McDavid. Uh, he's on pace for 98 points, Bruce. Fantastic for him. Fantastic. Well, for the Oilers too, but that's just awesome. And at the age of whatever he is, 20, 29 years old? <laughs> Something like that. Pretty incredible. So what's also incredible is that the Oilers are in the second wild card spot and they have four players in the, at the you know, <laughs> that have 20 goals each <laughs> and three of them in the top 10 in scoring, but we won't go there. All right, uh, Mike, anything to add to the to fantasy, to the, to the lock of the week? Uh, no, you guys... Locked it in pretty well. <laughs> we do Edmonton Oilers picks there. I like it. All right. Uh, let's move on to headlines with the hacks, January 9th to the 15th. And Bruce, I'm going to hand this over to you. All right. So the NHL announced their three stars of the week on Monday. First star was Boston Bruins forward David Pasternak. He had eight points, seven goals, and one assist in four games. Star number two is Jack Hughes of the New Jersey Devils. He had seven points, five goals, and two assists in three games. And the third star is Buffalo defender Rasmus Dahlin. He had six points, two goals, and four assists in two games. 
Impressive performances by all three players. And Hughes is just seems like he's just getting warmed up here in the second for the second half of the season. He's been good so far. I just hope he stays healthy. Like I, I want him to do well. I want him to play a full season to see what he can do. Absolutely. Yeah, because he's the last well, last two seasons, right? He's had a season ending injury usually a month or two before the season ends. Yeah. Oh, I want to see him do well. Speaking of injuries, uh, Tristan Jari has been placed on IR by the Pittsburgh Penguins. I haven't heard what the injury is, though, but I've just seen that he has been on IR. He is on IR. Is on IR. It's uh, it's your favorite one, Bruce. It's a groin injury or, or oh, lower the, body, if you the will. Dreaded lower body injury. Yeah. Yikes. Hopefully for Pittsburgh, he gets he heals quick. Hopefully for my fantasy roster, he heals quick. <laughs> could be worse. You could have my fantasy roster. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Although we did see an improvement for our fantasy, well, our, our shared team this year, our shared team this year. The, yep. Let me try that again. <laughs> so Carolina Hurricanes activated goaltender Frederick Anderson on Wednesday. Uh, since he was activated, he has gone with a 2-0-0 record and allowed only three goals in those two games. And he is on our shared fantasy team. Which I believe right now, Bruce, is fourth of 12 in nice. this Invitation Experts League. So we're doing not too bad. Too bad nice, at all. Nice. That's good. Uh, on Friday, Edmonton Oilers forward Connor McDavid became the fastest player to score 80 points in a season. He did it in 44 games since Mario Lemieux, Yarmir Yager, and Ron Francis in 1995-96. Pretty nice company and some. Captain Connor's killing it. That's all I'll say. <laughs> that he is. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets got their captain Boone Jenner back on Saturday. He has been out since mid-December with a broken thumb. I really hope Bedard doesn't go to Columbus. Oh. <laughs> 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 well, as we will see farther down here in the news, he probably could end up going to Chicago if we get down there. Uh, we get a couple more to go, though. Uh, some news on Anthony DeClaire. He had his first non-contact team skate with the Panthers since tearing his Achilles in the offseason. They say there is a chance he could return before the All-Star game. <coughs> that would be big for Florida. They seem to need some help scoring this season. It's been really strange. Like last year, they... It's like nobody could stop them, and this year they just can't. They can't score this year. Yeah, they've they've been underwhelming this year, in my opinion. Yeah, are they even in a playoff spot? They they are not. No. Neither was Colorado before tonight. I was doing a quick bit of research before the podcast. Uh on some good news though, Alexander Ovechkin scored his thirty eighth goal or thirtieth goal of the season on Saturday. This is the seventh seventeenth time in his career that he has scored at least thirty goals in a season. He is now tied with Mike Gardner for the most thirty goal seasons in NHL history. He's going to break that next year, right? Uh, yep. Absolutely, guaranteed. Absolutely. Speaking of records, the Seattle Kraken set an NHL record by sweeping a seven game road trip. No other NHL team has accomplished this in recorded NHL history. That's pretty impressive. They've been surprisingly good this year. I know it's been absolutely amazing. It hasn't been pretty at times, but they're 
But they're winning, right? They're winning that, games. Not, that's all that matters. Uh, so we talked about that Chicago news earlier. Uh, for the Kraken to reach this mark, they beat the uh, Chicago Blackhawks 8-5 on Saturday. They scored six goals on their first seven shots. It was like 8-2 or 8-3, Bruce, with I think about five minutes left in the third period. Like It, it was almost oh. just a complete blowout, and Chicago made it interesting right at the end. Yeah. Yeah, just... Watch this! I watch the six goals. Oh my god! Like somebody make a save, put some plywood in there, do something. It's See like, that that Simpsons stop the puck. Mean, stop it! He's dead. He's dead already. Stop <laughs> it! When you look at McCann's three goals, right? He shot basically from the exact same spot all three times, but hit three different spots in the net. There's another guy, yes. Mike, that uh, we had talked about, Jared McCann. There's there's no way this guy's gonna continue putting up points, right? And then. Uh, he has he has other thoughts in like 12 minutes of ice time he puts up three goals oh yeah he, he did not like the uh the cold the cold spill tweet i put out the other day <laughs> uh, uh pavel zaka of the boston bruins signed a four-year contract extension with the bruins worth 4.75 million a season he currently has 25 points in 41 games which puts him on pace for a career high in points his current record is 36. That's been a good deal for the Bruins since they got him from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And one last little late-breaking tidbit of news. The Carolina Hurricanes did assign their uh, Rookie of the Month goaltender Peter Kochetkov to the AHL this evening after their loss to Vancouver. I think they lost Ooh. to Vancouver. Did they lost to? In a shootout. I believe it was Vancouver. Yuck. Okay. And that is it for the news. Thank you, Bruce. Let's move on to Ask the Hacks. we got a few questions here this evening. Uh, I think they're all trade-related, so here we go. Who are a few players you would suggest trading for Timo Meyer? And, of course, one of my suggestions was Jeff Skinner. Because Mike, we've been talking about that on a <laughs> weekly basis. Trade Jeff Skinner. See if you can swing him and somebody else for for Timo Meyer. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts on on players you would trade in exchange for Timo Meyer? Half my fantasy team. <laughs> I'm trying to remember who I actually told this this person. Uh, Jeff Skinner was for sure in there, but I just don't recall. Um, Mike, I'm kind of looking at you. Any any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like the Jeff Skinner option quite a bit, actually. Uh, uh, maybe Nick Suzuki. Yeah, could be a tough. That could be a tough though. He did finally score a goal here last night. Yeah, that would that would be a tougher sell for sure because he's lower shot volume and mm-hmm. and been on a massive cold streak. Uh, maybe if you package Jeff Skinner with a guy like Evan Rodriguez. Who's actually in our waiver wire pickups or waiver wire targets this week, but he's been put up a pile of points here too. So, something to look at. But I I like Timo Meyer. Mm -hmm. If you can acquire Timo Meyer in a trade, I think his shot volume right now is like four and a half a game. He ticks a lot of boxes on category coverage too, does he not? For hits and stuff like that too? Yeah. Yeah. He's a monster. So, yeah, I'd try and grab that guy any way you can. All right. Um, 
Well, if you guys think of anything else, we'll come back to it. Thoughts on this trade? Incoming players are Trevor Zegers and Adam Fox. Outgoing players are Point and Shifley. I said point blank. I do not like this trade at all. Um, I'd nix, I would nix it right away. The only, the only thing I said was if you were desperate for a defenseman and you were super deep at forward and those were like your two worst forwards in point and Shifley, but um, otherwise I don't really see a justification for, for that trade. So any difference of view there, guys? Yeah, I, I don't like it as soon as I heard uh, Zegris and point as the forward swap. Uh, it d- did not appeal to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, we yeah, had no we way. had a few like trade related questions this week. I think I missed one or two even, but uh, it seems to be on people's minds. I, don't, I guess we're approaching the trade deadline, so it's going to happen. Up yeah. on us. And it's a good, you know, we're we basically are almost exactly right at the halfway point of the season, right? So it's mm-hmm. a good time to evaluate your squad and see what you can do in the second half. Yeah. Uh, there was one I it, I don't know the exact details. I don't remember the exact details, but it was basically trading Hellebuck and Vasilevsky and Charlie McAvoy and in return getting the Colorado Avalanche tandem of Pavel Francouz and Alexander Gorgiev and I think a couple forwards but it was like it it really didn't make sense to me like I don't know why you would give up Hellebuck and, and Vasilevsky especially for that tandem, right? Because Colorado and, like, Francis has hardly played. Well, you're giving up two goalies that are in playoff spots for a tandem that's not in the playoffs presently. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're hoping that Colorado puts something together here really soon. But, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. And Vasilevsky and Helbjörk have, like, multi-year consistent numbers. Yeah. Right? I mean, obviously, Helbjörk had a bad year last season. But... If you just look at their long-term numbers, those guys are as solid as it gets in net. Yeah, they've been fairly consistently the top two fantasy goaltenders to to roster, I think, over the past three, four, five years. Pretty close. I'm just going to see if I can find it here really quick because it was an interesting one. Nope, not going to find it. Okay, Uh, that is fine. Yeah, and the, and the other other worry here is just kind of the offensive part of things for Colorado is is just not in in sync right now. Not I all. mean, they've they've been unlucky, no doubt about it. But if you look at their even strength shooting percentage, it's very low. I think it's in the bottom five of the league. Oh, wow. And so, you know, you have to wonder how how much will that turn around in the second half, mm-hmm. and when is Landis Gold coming back? Okay, here, sorry, here's the full trade. So trade away, Charlie McAvoy, Hellebuck, Vasilevsky, uh, and then receive Jack Hughes, Braden Point, Franz Susan Gorgiev. Like, I, I love Point and Hughes, but you're really depleting yourself with a goaltender position. Yeah, you're banking on two goaltenders that have not been great because they haven't been getting a whole lot of support. And if, you know, if this is a, if this is like a head to head league, I would want to put like, you're thinking about it in terms of one week situations. 
that's what this trade is like because you, you're doing it for the playoffs is what they're doing and so if you ask me what goalies do I want for one week in the playoffs I want Vasilevsky and Helbig definitely yeah yeah okay you know, what, what if Colorado what if McKinnon goes down which, during that week which isn't isn't out of the realm of possibility it's not and and, and you know if, if Kucherov went down, that would be bad news, right? But you'd still have a lot of other great players on that team. Plus, you'd still have Helbuk. Yeah. Instead of all your eggs in one basket. Agreed. Okay. So I'm glad I clarified that because, yeah, that was the trade. Um, I did not like it. And then I had one more here. I've received many trade offers to give up McDavid, but should I consider Vasilevsky and Horvat? Goaltending goal is definitely my team's weakness. I still said no. I mean, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong here, but I just, McDavid is having a historic season. He's going to put up 150 points probably. Um, he's on pace for 65 plus goals. I mean, you just, you don't get players like that, right? There's one in the league. And Vasilevsky. Yeah, he's incredible, but you can probably find some goaltenders that are comparable. You can even stream hot goaltenders if you had to. Bo Horvat's great. I mean, offensively, he's pretty good. On face-offs, he's great if your league counts face-offs. Um, but me, personally, I'm not making that deal. What do you guys think? I think I would need more. I'm giving up McDavid. But I guess it depends yeah. on league, league scenario, too, right? So you have to put this into perspective of fantasy points right whether it be categories or because that means a whole lot different than the actual hockey league itself like in real life right for sure yeah what what worries me on the exchange here is i i like that you know this manager is targeting their weakness they need a top end goalie that's fine the problem is that horvat selection you're kind of trading for a guy who has played out of his mind in the first half of the season. And you're not going to get that Bo Horvat in the second half. And that's because his shooting percentage is 24%. Vancouver has scored on 11.1% of their shots when he's on the ice. And his IPP has been up at 80%. So that's bad news. I mean, (laughs) I I mean, it's great. Horvat's been great, and I actually traded him, I think, about a week ago, right, in one of our leagues that we're all sharing. Yep. And uh, I traded him for this very reason. It's because that 24% shooting percentage in the second half, I'd be surprised if the second half number is 16% or higher. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and things don't look great in Vancouver, right? We expect them to be sellers mm-hmm. of the deadline. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So, all right, keep that in mind. Uh, that is Ask the Hacks. So let's, before we move on to the next segment here, I just want to let everybody know that as a member of the Hockey Podcast Network, the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast is a proud partner of DraftKings. Bruce, NFL playoff action continues. We are one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. 
Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL divisional round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, Bruce. Start with somebody real quick. About your Timo Meyer question. Yep. Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's exactly what he was. He was staring us in the face. There you go. Bo Horvat. <laughs> he has, thir- you know, 30 goals. Yep. Uh, but he's doing it on a very lucky shooting percentage. So if you, if you could move Horvat and get Meyer in return, I think that's a win in the second half. Yep, I like that one. Don't overcomplicate it, right, Mike? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bruce, I was going to ask you about the Bengals. Did they, they played today, didn't they? They are playing right now. They're playing currently. Okay, so yeah, we gotta, we got we to gotta get through this thing. we got football to watch, man. <laughs> i got Twitter going another window here. I'm keeping an eye on it. Uh, okay, how are they doing so far? Uh, a couple of big injuries, but close game. All right. I think that I believe... The, Ravens are up by two at the moment. Okay, well, in in Bruce's interest here, I'm going to try and rip through the NHL schedule for Edgework as fast as I can. So uh, on Edgework, the segment where we put in the work to give you the edge in your fantasy hockey leagues, starting with the NHL schedule for Week 15. And here is what you need to know. Week 15 is going to be a busy one in the NHL with Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday and Saturday being the busiest nights on the week. There are a total of 58 games on the schedule and just three light days. That's 50% or fewer NHL teams in action. With Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday being the slow days, in terms of optimizing the schedule, the Philadelphia Flyers are the only team to play a rare five-game week, so we know where Mike's going to be this week. All Flyers all the time. Uh, That includes three home games and two light days. The Pittsburgh Penguins play four games, and that includes a weekly high three games on off nights or light days. Uh, Pittsburgh has a slightly favorable schedule with matchups against Anaheim and Ottawa twice, as well as New Jersey. All other teams either play three or four games, with the exception of Carolina and New York, who play just a pair of games this week. According to Left Wing Lock's strength of schedule metric, the Colorado Avalanche have the most favorable schedule at minus 13, with matchups against Detroit, Calgary, Vancouver, and Seattle. The Montreal Canadiens... And Vancouver Canucks have the toughest schedules with a plus eight strength of schedule rating. The Canadians take on Winnipeg, Florida, and Toronto, and the Canucks take on Tampa Bay, Colorado, and Edmonton. Just a quick recap here. Monday, 11 games. Tuesday, 8. Wednesday, 5. Thursday, 13. Friday, 2. Saturday, 14. And Sunday, 5. And with that, we'll move on to NHL Week 15 waiver wire targets, starting with... Sorry, sorry, sorry. What's Uh, going on? Yeah, sorry. One quick note. Uh... For Monday, just a quick reminder to listeners, about half of those games start very early in the day, uh, about 1 p.m. Eastern. Yep. Uh, just get your rosters in early this week because it's kind of a, a little surprise to the schedule. Great point, Mike. Yeah, I actually did notice today when I was setting my roster, um, sometimes I set it a couple of days ahead of schedule, and I noticed there was a 12 p.m. start um, tomorrow, so... Interesting, yeah. So good point there, for sure. All right, let's move on to wave for our targets then. So starting with Andre Burakovsky, left wing, right wing eligible for the Seattle 
Kraken, 45% rostered. <laughs> Four games on the schedule for next week, plus five. And he is lining up next to Beneers and Eberle and on power play one. Uh, he's fitting in just fine with the NHL's newest expansion team. He's on pace for a career-best 70 points and 22 goals. He's shooting at a career-high 2.3 shots on goal per game while playing on top line and top power play unit. Four games, like I said, dual eligibility, uh, very little downside. Eight points, two goals in his last six games played. He is shooting at 11.8%, which is below his three-year and career averages of 15.1% and 14.4%, respectively. Uh, any concerns, guys, with Burakovsky? No, not at all. Yeah, I mean, he looks like a nice ad individually for sure. I'm just surprised he's not rostered in more leagues at just 45%. Uh, next up here, Evan Rodriguez, who I just mentioned a few minutes ago, but he has the very rare try eligibility. So center left wing and right wing, uh, playing with the cup champ, Colorado avalanche. He's just 18% rostered. They have four games on the schedule next week. I actually did pick this guy up myself personally, guys, um, minus 12 strength of schedule. He's lining up next to McKinnon and Lekkinen on the top line and he's getting secondary power play time. Um, what else can I tell you? Uh, obviously I wanted to mention that he is kind of a, I would say sort of a mid term ad Mike. He's, he's going to basically hold that position for as long as Landis is out. Cause that's where he's playing right now. But, um, so he's not someone that's going to have the same value all season long. However, he is on pace for career best 57 points and 28 goals. Uh, he's been productive of late with nine points and three goals in his last eight games. He's shooting, the shot volume here is nice too, Mike. 3.1 shots on goal per game, but he is converting at a career high 11.8%. Uh, he's playing 19 and a half minutes time on ice and his shooting percentage, even straight shooting percentage with him on the ice is 7%. Um, so he may be the beneficiary of some puck luck moving along here as well. Thumbs up for, for Rodriguez? Sure, thumbs up. <laughs> All right. Uh, Brock Besser. I think this guy actually scored today. He so did. yeah, it's, it's, it hasn't been great in Vancouver for him personally or professionally. The Canucks are a mess. Um, but he is having a solid season with 25 points and eight goals in 33 games to date. I don't think that included today's goal, but uh 60 point pace for him. His shot volume is, is down at 2.2 shots on goal per game. And so too is his time on ice at 16 and a half minutes. Uh, and his power play share is just 49.6%, so that's actually down considerably from past seasons. Uh, he does have eight points and three goals in his last nine games, and over his last three games, though, this is what's encouraging, is he's played over 20 minutes twice, and he's been playing 76% and 90% power play share in those last two games. Um, shooting percentage at 11.3 is Ish Bruce is down from his three-year and career averages, and his uh, Tevish is at 12.2%, so that's that's considerably higher than league average. So a couple things to, to be mindful of, but he's playing on that top line with Horvat and Mikheyev. Um, the offense is going to dry up at some point, Mike, but I think as a as a right-wing ad, Brock Besser makes some sense. Yeah, I, I like it as a short-term ad for certain. All right, Bruce, you're going to like this one. Max Domi, again, another guy with that rare try eligibility, center, left wing, right wing eligible, uh, 22% rostered, four games on the schedule for next week. And he should be playing, should have played with Kane, actually. So these notes are from Friday night, I think. But uh, 
so he, sh- he had him with Reichel and Kershev and on power play one, but I think he'll be lining up with Kane here again. Uh, I just said, due to a sheer lack of options, he's actually been in a pretty good position in Chicago. He's having his best offensive season in four years with 30 points and 13 goals in 41 games. That's a 60-point pace. Uh, career high, 18 and a half minutes time on ice, 66% power play share. He could flirt with 25, 25 power play points this season, which remains to be seen, but be nice. uh, in- encouraging. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the ish is well above at 13.3% is well above his three-year and career averages of 10.9 and 10.4%. Uh, 7.3 Tevish is also below league average, so that's encouraging. Um, so actually some some things to like there. Mike, what do you think the chances are we see Domi get traded at the deadline this year? I, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. I, I mean, they, they've traded away... <laughs> Everything else. <laughs> much, much better and much, much younger than him. So if they can get something in return for him, why not? He just seems like a player to me that a lot of teams could use on their third line. Like he, he's kind of, he's a bit of a pesky player. He can play center. He's shown he can put up some offense. Um, you know, you put him in a, in the right position on a contender. I think it makes some sense. I don't know what his contract is, though. Do either of you know what he's making right now? Not much. Uh, one second here. Chicago. He is currently making $3 million. There you go. So, I mean, the cap hit's nice. I, Based on that alone, I'd say it's it's a better or more realistic probability that he gets moved before Taze does. At the deadline. Possibly. And he is a UFA at the end of the season as well. Yeah. He's getting moved for sure. All right, next up, Dawson Mercer, center right wing eligible for the Devils, 22% rostered, three games next week. He's playing on the third line with McLeod and Miles Wood. Um, A rising tide lifts all boats, and Dawson Mercer and the New Jersey Devils are on the rise. This one is more of a deep league streaming option, but he does have eight points and two goals in his last seven games. Uh, so give him a look while he is playing well. Uh, 10.2 Tevish, a bit concerning, and his 1.9 shots on goal per game leaves a little bit to be desired. But he's on a heater, so give him a look. Uh, our last forward here is Marcus Felino, left wing, right wing eligible, 14% rostered, three games on the schedule for next week. He is playing on... I think if they've basically been deployed as as kind of their 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 first or second line, Mike. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but he's playing with Joel Eriksson Eck and Jordan Greenway, and he's getting time on the second power play unit. Um, at least when I looked at the left wing lock app a few days ago, it looked like they were kind of getting. It was between them and and um, Kirill Kaprizov's line in terms of deployment or usage. Um, but for those of you playing in bangers leagues, particularly those that include Pims as well. Marcus Felino makes for an excellent under-the-radar option. Uh, they've been deploying him in the top six next to Eric's neck. And Greenway, like I said, he's got, in his last nine games, he's got six points, one goal, four Pims, and 35 hits. So that's 3.88 hits per game. Uh, tough schedule for next week with Washington, Carolina, and Florida. And the shot volume's not great. Uh, but he can really help with hits in categories leagues. 
uh, with potential for some offense. But the other thing, too, is I think he's being utilized, Mike, in a very defensive role. Um, when I checked, it was something like 40% offensive zone starts. Yeah, that's right. That that line plays really heavy minutes for Minnesota. They, they, see, they see the toughest opponents and the fewest offensive zone starts. So I, I noticed that and I kind of went, well, that's not ideal if you're looking for points. But if you if you need hits, I mean, almost four hits a game is pretty incredible. Yeah. All right. So there you go. Um, oh, his ish is well below his three-year and career average as well. So there is some potential for more if he can actually get a puck on net if he's not stuck in his own zone the whole time. But <laughs> something to consider there anyway. Uh, this next guy here, there's been lots of chatter about him, is Keandre Miller. 45% roster, just two games on the schedule for New York for next week, but he's playing on, I believe it's actually the second pairing with Jacob Truba. Uh, he's on pace for a career-best 44 points with 23 points and five goals through 43 games, eight points and three goals in his last nine, uh, 2.07 hits per game and 1.2 blocks per game, helps cover off some additional categories, uh, 1.6 shots on goal per game and 22-16 time on ice are both career highs. So things are definitely trending up for Keandre Miller. Uh, anything there that we don't like? No, I picked him up a while ago. All my de- my defense on my one team has been ravaged by season-ending injury, so I picked up him and uh, the next guy in the list here too. And they've been I've been riding them on my one team, and they've been doing good. So okay, well let's move on to the next guy then, as Bruce mentioned. So Brady Shea out of Carolina, thirty-five percent rostered again, just two games on the schedule. Uh, he's on the second pairing with Brett Pesci. The former Ranger is flirting with the 40-point mark for the second straight season after posting 20 points and nine goals in 42 games to date. He's playing a career-best 21-27 average time on ice and 2.3 shots on goal per game. Five points, three goals in his last five games played. 8.5-ish is well above his three-year and career averages, which are at 5.2 and 4.8% respectively. Uh, Mike, the 47.5 IPP is a bit high. Uh, yeah, it is um, something to keep an eye on there. Any other red flags we should be concerned with Brady Shea? Uh, no, I, I don't have any red flags. In fact, it, you know, Caroline's been doing something a little weird with their power play. I, I need to go back and watch a couple of these games because in the data, he's kind of showing up on some of these power play units lately. And uh, Burns also is showing up on what looks to be a second unit. So keep an eye on that. Uh, some weird stuff going on with the Carolina power play. Might see some opportunity there. Interesting. Okay. Uh, moving on to the New Jersey Devils again. we got Damon Severson, 16% rostered, three games on the schedule. He's playing on the second pairing with uh, Graves and on the second power play unit. And so I looked at this, and, and this is kind of the more of the deployment that I think most of us expected with Dougie Hamilton back in New Jersey. So, so 1947 time on ice, 31% power play share uh, overall as a whole in the season. I noticed his time on ice has come up quite a bit more actually in recent games, but um, after a career high 46 points and 11 goals last season, he's on pace for just 26 this year. Part of the problem is that he's essentially stopped shooting the puck with just 1.1 shots on goal per game. With that said, though, um, he was good in the month of January, has been good in the month of January with seven points and one goal, 23-13 average time on ice in six games. Uh, 87.7 IPP in January, Mike. That's that's a red flag for sure. Beautiful. 
uh, and then a 7.1 Tevish. So that's that's actually a good sign. So, uh, yeah, I kind of like Severson. I, I think New Jersey as a whole. I, are they legitimate contenders to, to win a couple rounds this year, Mike? Maybe, maybe even push for a, a conference final? I think for them, it's really going to come down to which goalies show up in the playoffs for them. And by that, I mean like which Vanacek, you know? Yeah. Is it going to be the one who was really, really red hot there for a while? Or is it going to be these guys who have cooled off? And Yeah. I think they're a good team. They're definitely a good team. And you know they they have strong puck possession metrics. They're they're probably like third in the third in the league in puck possession. Interesting. So that 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 will carry a team, uh, even with weaker goaltending. But I I I question how deep they could go on a playoff run okay. uh, against their opponent. I think they could dig around for sure. Okay. Uh, next up here, Jake Wallman. There's been tons of chatter on Twitter about Jake Wallman. Um, Mike, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this guy. But at 2% rostered, three games on the schedule for this week, plus six strength of schedule. Yeah, he's playing on the top pairing with uh, Mort Sider. Um, he's got six points, four goals in his last nine games. He's developed some nice chemistry with the Calder Trophy winner and Mort Sider. Uh, deployment looks good. In his last three games, he's averaged 22 minutes time on ice and two minutes power play time on ice. Uh, 7.5-ish, and at 10.8, Tevish. Uh, not ideal there, but he's looked good. This is not a player I knew a ton about. He's he's 26 years old, so maybe a bit of a late bloomer, but Mike, is there some potential there? Yeah, I, I didn't know much about him either, but you know, this kind of this usage with, with Moritz Sider is, is pretty nice. As a pairing, they're seeing almost 58% zone starts, uh, which is, you know, optimal for a defensive pairing for sure yeah that's great all righty maybe not so great for uh for those of us that picked up philip ronick uh you know a few weeks ago but i guess that remains to be seen all right so that does it for defensemen let's move on to goaltenders and mike you're gonna like this one uh samuel urson out of philadelphia uh, 14% rostered. Of course, that five game schedule for next week looks really nice. Excuse me. Uh, he's playing a backup role here. 12% net share. Well, I, I say backup, but the 23 year old Swede has actually started five of the last eight contests for the Flyers. He's managed to win four of them while sporting a 2.30 goals against average, a 924 save percentage, uh, 4.34 goals saved above expected and one shutout. So some pretty impressive numbers there from the young goaltender. Um, looking at the schedule, I think it's actually possible that Erson gets two or possibly even more games this week and against lottery teams in Anaheim and Chicago. I mean, they could start, it's a back-to-back, I think, against Boston and Anaheim. So they could play him against Anaheim. And then there's a two days or a day rest in between when they play Chicago again. So there is that possibility that he gets Anaheim and Chicago. And then they gave a game back to, uh, to Carter Hart against Detroit and, and Winnipeg. But um, we'll that see. That would be Perfect setup for that guy. Yeah, I think that's really ideal. So, so keep an eye on that. I mean, he's played really well. Um, Mike, his, his even strike save percentage is 931. So I'm going to guess that's not sustainable. What's what's the league average for even strike save percentage? Uh, typically closer to like 9920921, somewhere in that range. So he's, he's a bit high. Um, 
and then he's got an 864 PK save percentage, which is essentially at league average, right? So um, actually some pretty encouraging numbers from, from the young guy. Bruce needs goaltending. Bruce needs goaltending. Take a look, buddy. <laughs> I, I wouldn't play him against Boston, but I mean, I, I wouldn't hesitate to play him against Anaheim and Chicago and even Detroit for yeah. that matter. All right. Uh, Yaroslav Halak, 3% rostered, two games on the schedule, like I said. He is a clear-cut backup to that guy in New York, Shesterkin. Um, but he's been steady of late, posting a 4-1-0 record with 2.42 goals against average and a 9-14 save percentage. Um, I'd use him in matchup-dependent situations as a spot starter, um, and, you, and you should see some positive results there. He's got an 878 PK save percentage, which you know would suggest that some of his performance has been boosted partially by luck. But uh, I wouldn't hesitate to give him a look in certain situations. And then yeah, the lo- he, he may get that start tomorrow, right? Against Columbus. Yeah, and again, that's that's an ideal matchup for him. I mean, it's on the road, but pretty low pressure situation on the road in Columbus. And the, and you have to think that Shesterkin's going to get the next start against Boston. So um, just one start potentially for Halak, but if you're looking for someone to fill in as a spot start, that's an ideal one. And then our last option here net is uh, Jonas Corpusalo, 10% rostered, four games on the schedule next week. Uh, he's in a bit of a tandem here with Elvis Merzlikens, 44% net share. Um, you know, he's he's been not too bad here. Uh, he posted a 2.15 goals against average and a 9.36 save percentage in five games heading into Thursday night, uh, which is highlighted by 39 of 42 shots stopped against the Carolina Hurricanes. And then, of course, I said just disregard Thursday's six goals he let in on 41 shots. Um, but he looked really good going into Thursday night. Merzlikens has struggled all year. And last I looked, he was kind of battling a, a bit of an illness. Um, they take on some weak defensive Western Conference clubs later this month as well. So I think in deeper formats, he's worth a look. Uh, 918 even strike save percentage is actually his best since 19, 2019, 2020. And his 858 PK save percentage suggests performance is not boosted by luck either. So um, maybe not a goaltender you want to grab and hold on to forever. But if you're looking for an option in goal, Bruce, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, you could do worse than Jonas Corpusal. Maybe. I did have a couple of big misses this week, though. Swing Dan Montembeau oh, had a huge week. And they won today in, in up against the Rangers. I did see that, actually, yeah. Okay, so Bruce is suggesting Montembeau may be a guy you want to look at as well. Oh. Uh, well, for last week, yes. For this coming week, probably wouldn't, uh, probably wouldn't <laughs> do that, no. <laughs> Yeah, their schedule this week is kind of ugly. So okay. All right. Any other waiver wire ads that I should have put up for suggestion here, guys? Or are we we're okay with that? The only other one I would thought, and again, it it could be more of a a spot thing, is uh, uh well, I think we had him last week, Tullivan, right? Yes. Yeah, we did. Actually, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Bruce. Go ahead. He's just being consistent, right? He's getting a point a game, and he contributes some hits as well. So he's been really consistent since he put since Seattle put him in the lineup. 
averaging a point a night, whether it be a goal or an assist, he's getting some hits. Yeah. He's not getting great ice time. I don't think he's getting power play deployment though, but it's a point a night. He doesn't seem to care. Um, no. Right now, that looks like a move that David Poyle would like back. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, right? I Mind you, though, he didn't play great in, in Nashville, but um, I, I was going to say, though, Bruce, it, it looks like a lot of our waiver wire targets from last week played really well this week. Um, I, I didn't go back and add up all the point totals and stuff for those guys, but um, every time I'd see a tweet pop up or, you know, players mentioned kind of thing, it, it seemed like those guys did did quite well this week. So that's good. Yeah. Sometimes you know what we're talking about. Sometimes. Sometimes you just got to be lucky to be good. So <laughs> absolutely. All right. And our last segment for edge or our last bit of uh, news here for, for edge work is our weekly rankings powered by left wing lock. So, um, as we do each week, we go through our top 200 list, focusing on uh, risers, fallers, and new to the list. And of course, as I do every week, I want to pass this off to Mike. So Mike, take it away. All right. So uh, this week for the risers, we have three players. And first up is Ilya Sorokin out of the New York Islanders. He jumps 35 spots to number 21 overall. So if you look at his numbers, you know, he's only got like 15 wins in 31 starts, which sounds pretty mediocre, right? Uh, But his numbers have been very good individually. Over the past 30 days, Sorokin has posted a save percentage of 939. Wow. And in six of those starts, his save percentage was above 0.950. That's crazy. Uh, right now, his penalty kill save, it, save percentage is a little bit higher than I like to see. He's coming in at 9.08. So his overall numbers are definitely inflated, but he's been outstanding at even strength. And so, you know, the question for me is if Sorokin has been so great, why can't the, uh, why can't the Islanders uh, hold on to a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference? And the only thing I could really kind of come down on was their power play. They have the 28th ranked power play in the league, and they've scored just 23 power play goals. Thanks. So huge weakness right now for the Islanders. If they can get some kind of turnaround there, maybe they can help out their buddy Sorokin and get him a higher win percentage. Uh, Second up, uh, we've got Jack Eichel, uh, Vegas Golden Knights center. He jumps 11 spots to number 51 overall. He continues to maintain uh, maintain his point-per-game pace. Uh, he was at 33 points in 31 games as of this morning, and he posted four points in the four games since returning from injury. His high shot volume of 3.7 shots per game makes him a solid candidate for maintaining this level of play in the second half of the season. And to make things really nice, on Thursday against the Florida Panthers, he took 10 shots on goal. Not bad. Um, they're saying last night on the on the broadcast when Vegas played Edmonton that Eichel didn't quite look right. It seemed to be like he was favoring one of his legs. Um, so there was some concern about the, the health of Jack Eichel, but he, he's still putting up some offense. He was he was minus three last night and had a bit of a rough game against the others, but yeah, just something to keep in mind. Definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, not to be outdone, the other Jack in the league, Jack Hughes, he jumps 17 spots to number 52 overall. 
Uh, he also put up his own 10 shot game just like, you know, just a week ago. I think we mentioned it on yep. the podcast that was against the New York Rangers. He now ranks fourth in the league in shot generation. He's taking 4.47 shots per game. That's all right. Has six goals in his last five games. And he leads all players in the league with 13 points since the new year. In addition to his shot production, Hughes' 54 points in 43 games have been a huge boost for managers who snagged him in advance of his average draft position of 94.8. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's beautiful, right? Jack Hughes, you got, people got him late in the eighth round on average. That's nuts. Wow. That is. That, that's exactly how you want it. If you could get two or three players like that in every draft... Like those are those are league winners yeah. when you can get them that late. Oh yeah, yeah. Bray- Braden Point is like the prime example of this season. Yeah, I can't I can't believe how late he went this year. I think he had a bit of a down year by his standards last year, didn't he? He, he did. That's right. Yeah. Hellebuck. We've mentioned this several times. Hellebuck is another prime example of that. Where oh. coming off a bad season, it, it affects your ADP, right? Yeah, people just overreact. Uh, next up, we'll go into the, the guys who have dropped in the rankings in the, over the past week. Out of Carolina, we have Andre Svechnikov. He dropped 18 slots to number 77 overall. Uh, the Carolina's left wing has gone cold as of late with zero goals in his last seven games heading into Sunday's games. He has just two points over that same stretch. Um, making matters worse is that he has just three power play points over his last 21 games. So he does drop in the weekly rankings because of this cold spell. But you might want to see in your leagues about possibly trading for Andre Svechnikov because he's kind of the prime example of a player managers will get frustrated with and lose their patience. So he's in a cold spell. Um, there's no good reason for it. It's just bad luck. And he should turn things around. He's a high shot volume guy. 3.4 shots per game, and he adds hits. If you include those in your league, he has 2.1 hits per game. Hmm. So if you're, if you're holding Svechnikov, you, you'd probably advise to just maintain holding him. That's right. I, I, w- I would just hang on to him. He's, he's, he's just one of these guys who went through a cold spell, and he'll be fine. Matt Boldy out of Minnesota, left wing, right wing status. He drops 19 spots to number 109 overall in the rankings. Even colder than Svechnikov, Matt Boldy finds himself goalless over his last 10 games. While he has four assists over that same stretch, he's been held pointless in the last five games. The good news here is that Boldy is still shooting the puck during this cold spell. He's taking 3.6 shots per game during that drought and he's been good for at least three shots per game as a whole on the season. So what, what's the verdict here on, on, on Boldy? The, he's also been a victim of bad luck during this stretch. Minnesota has scored on just 6.9% of the shots they've taken with Boldy on the ice and his IPP sits at just 61%. So, so 
there you have it. There's that, that combination we have to try to talk about each week on this podcast. If you have a low IPP and a low uh, Tevish, that combination is going to lead to, a, you know, just a drought in scoring, specifically in assists. And that's, that's really what's happening here with Boldy. So if you have Boldy, I'd say hold him. If you're in a keeper league and you have Boldy, just don't let anyone steal him from you. You're not going to find 20-year-old players who take, who shoot the puck more than three times a game. Yep, there you have it. And our last faller of the week is Anders Lee, uh, New York Islanders, left winger. He drops 12 spots to number 167 overall with just one point in his last five games. And... I have no idea what I wrote there. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. Okay. So he has one point in his last five games. Uh, Andrews Lee owners are pulling their hair out. And the question comes down to you, like, is it time to panic on Andrews Lee? And I I would say probably not. You don't want to panic here. And and let me kind of point out an interesting detail about Andrews Lee and the New York Islanders. Um. Since December 29th, which was the start of his cold spell, the Islanders have scored on just 1.8% of the shots on goal they've taken. 1.8%. Brutal. (laughs) Very brutal. Um, That's incredibly low for any player in the league. It's very, very low for a guy who plays in the top six on, on his own team. So I can't promise you I know how long Andrews Lee will kind of hang out in this realm of, you know, drought. But I do know that the Islanders will not continue to shoot with just 1.8% success for very long. All right. So last up on the list, we have our newcomer of the week. And that, of course, is Tom Wilson for the Washington Capitals. He debuts on the list at 182. Uh, this past week, we saw both Nick Backstrom and Tom Wilson come back for the Washington Capitals, and they played in all three games this this, this week. Two two of them were against the against the Philadelphia Flyers, which unfortunately the Washington Capitals lost both of those games. Uh, in those three games, Wilson has not scored a point just yet, and he's averaged just about fourteen and a half minutes of ice time. So it does look like they're kind of easing. Tom Wilson back into the lineup. Whereas Backstrom, you know, Backstrom came in, played top power play unit, top line with Ovechkin. Uh, Wilson's seeing more like third line right wing time and a little bit of action on the second power play. So keep an eye, keep an eye on that ice time. 14 and a half minutes is, you know, three to four minutes low per game for Tom Wilson. Yeah, I guess given the severity of his injury, it's not shocking that they're they're easing him back into action. He's been out for quite some time. That's right. I'm maybe more surprised that Nicholas Backstrom was just kind of thrown right back in action because given his age and, and the type of surgery he had, I think a lot of us didn't have very high hopes, myself included, for Backstrom this season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there were huge concerns about whether he would even play, right? Yeah. So good, Man. good on him. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks, Mike. 
again, I, I love that segment. Uh, I find it very interesting. And, and if you guys want to check out the full top 200 player rankings, uh, be sure to go and check out our website, fantasyhockeyhacks.com. It's in the main navigation menu. And if you want to go right to the source, the man himself, go to leftwinglock.com. And uh, you can hear me about Tage Thompson and the Yahoo Fantasy Hockey League system. <laughs> they gave you Tage Thompson right wing eligibility. Yes. Now he is a center and a right wing. If your league counts faceoffs, you can slot him in in the wing position and dominate your opponents. And it's crazy. It's nonsense. I hate it. <laughs> he has not played right wing in two years. And just for sorry. Kicks. For- all right, this was Mike's list here at the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you have it. Um, we have one more bit of news to share before we can let Bruce get to the fourth quarter of the Bengals game. Um, the Hacks Holiday winner announced right here, right now. Um, so thank you to everyone that did enter the contest. Very much appreciated, Mike. Thank you to you and Left Wing Lock for your support in the contest. Um, thank you to Lucky Bastard Distillers as they've made this a possibility. So again, the, the contest winner is getting two tickets to the Vegas Golden Knights against the Tampa Bay Lightning on Saturday, February 18th. Two round trip tickets to Vegas, three nights accommodations, and a free a one-year free subscription to the Left Wing Lock iPhone app. Um, without any ado, further ado whatsoever, our winner from Denver, Colorado, Matthew Hart. So, Matthew, I will be reaching out to you tomorrow, hopefully to get the hack the code answer from you, and uh, <laughs> and hopefully to get you set up on a trip to Vegas. So, thank you for entering. Thank you to everybody else that entered. Thank you to everyone else that, that supported the, the contest in, in any way, shape, or form. And for the rest of the season, you won't hear me say a word about Hacks Holiday or Vegas. <laughs> All right. Um, so, that does it for this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you haven't done so already, please be sure to go and leave us a review on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or you like to listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at FH Hacks and Instagram at Fantasy Hockey Hacks, and check out the website, fantasyhockeyhacks.com. You can find Mike over at left underscore wing underscore lock on Twitter. And Bruce, what is your handle? I, I totally forgot what your handle is. It's at Bruce Gunther. At Bruce Gunther. There you go. All right, guys. Uh, Well, we managed to do that in just over an hour tonight, so I think that's pretty good. Um, We'll see you next week. Good night. Take care.